And Cluster Fudge is back. I'm with Alex. How are you, Alex? I'm great, Alan. I'm great to be back. Good, good it's to have you. It's been a long time. You. It has been. Um, but uh, we wanted to cover some of the stuff that had recently uh, wrapped up. Uh, what, what what are we going to start with today, Alex? Uh, well, I I did want to... Um, I guess we start with some Transformer stuff like we usually do. Um, okay. I, I was very happy to uh, recently buy some... Display cases, not anything exciting display cases. I'd like better ones, but, um, and set up some, uh, Transformers display, um, similar to the one that you have here in the room we're doing the podcast in. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. Um, I displayed a lot of, uh, my collectibles, some in the box, some loose, mm-hmm. just kind of randomly, um, on shelves that were kind of adjustable, uh, with, you know, not, no rhyme or reason. I wasn't so, so, Separating Autobots and Decepticons, just kind of putting groups of stuff together. But right. um, went through all. I got all my Transformers together. The new ones that I bought. I found my old ones from when I was a kid. I got I got everything together and you know organized them in some way. But there's still some more to go through. And of course, there's more to buy because they keep making these darn things, and we've got to keep so buying them. I made some recent purchases, and of course, I got oh, some some uh, Christmas gifts. There, you got um, one of the. Tr- Trailbreaker, yes, it was recently released. Earthrise Trailbreaker, Earthrise right here. Trailbreaker. Well, I gotta love, and I've awesome. said this before. They they really do. Not only is it an homage to the original Diaclone uh, vehicles, mm-hmm. but um, the the robot mode. I mean, look how close that is. Uh, it's, it's perfect. I I, I love the, the robot mode design. I mean, the the facial detail yeah. is just spot on 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 these new Earthrise and. And if you uh, remember the original Transformers release of Trailbreaker, like he didn't look like the cartoon really. I mean, yeah, a lot of them didn't. A lot, a lot of left to be desired. So in the cartoon, they made him look a little more humanoid. Uh, whereas the Diaclone originals were meant to be mecha that were piloted, so they didn't have to be look humanoid. But in the cartoon, they were meant to look alive. Right. So now you've got these uh, toy makers that make them look like the G1 cartoon mm-hmm. um, and the G1 vehicles, which looked like, you know, like a Ford Bronco or whatever it is that uh, he transformed into. Mm-hmm. And um, the transformations are great, too, on a lot of them. Yeah. Very, very detailed on, like, how the pieces bend into each other and little features they go like i remember you know cliff jumper was my favorite how his top came off and was a shield and you could put it back on and, and in the just, new Earthrise, in the earth yeah and the siege Earthrise right. lines that they're doing and yeah so i've got that i recently purchased the astro train from yep. siege great, war for cybertron great that looks piece. great highly recommend again looks very much like the uh cartoon uh same color scheme as the cartoon uh-huh in the uh, G1 toy, he was more of a, a white, a white and, and light gray yeah. and purple. Um, I'm trying to make him a little more in the the G1 release was more like the American Space Shuttle. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. where the color scheme they were going for. Yeah, I agree. But uh, the Diaclone or whatever release they were knocking off from Japan, the 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 cartoon designers got the gray scale version and that's why you see that in animation they never deviated from that mm-hmm. uh, but also i got the knockoff of volcanicus the d- dinobot version uh combiner mm-hmm. which uh take a look and i think you've got you've got the um official yes yeah, so i i got the power of the primes i guess that's the one that they created so this is the uh well, knockoff dino the Dino Troops is what this is called, okay. and it says it's the alloy version. 
So there are actual, you, you got to hunt for them, but there are actually a couple metal parts on these things. If you t- tap on Swoop's uh, feet there, mm-hmm. I think those might be. Oh, yeah. They're a little firm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those might be the, the metal uh, parts of Swoop. And you've got yours still in the box, I see. Yes, I haven't had a chance to unbox them yet, but um, right from the get-go, your swoop looks a lot better than mine. Does it really? Um, I mean, maybe it's the same. I don't know. I mean, we're just going based on the box or whatever. But okay. I I don't know. So, the, like you said, the alloy version. So, I, I've heard that there's been, like, upgraded versions of these things that some people recommend, and I don't know if the alloy is, is the one that you need to get. Hmm. Um. But that swoop looks a little limited compared to the one that I'm holding in my hand that you have. Well, it's in two different modes. You're holding him in Pteranodon mode. Right. And this is in robot mode, so it's kind of hard to compare. Look on the back, though. I mean, it's just a picture, but... Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I mean, like, yeah, I can see the differences. You've got... um, I mean, he looks like the... On the front, the front artwork looks like your toy a little bit. Okay. The, um... And actually, some of the images that were for that toy that I bought mm-hmm. um, have these translucent uh, plastic for where the the gold is. Mm-hmm. So the, the the one I'm holding that's yours, the official, has translucent plastic, and then underneath the translucent plastic, there seems to be like a gold, uh, another gold layer of of translucent gold plastic. So it gives that kind of see through. Mm-hmm. Whereas the one I've got is just made of gold plastic. Like, it's not like you're seeing through anything. It's just straight up See, opaque. For me, I mean, you know, I w- obviously I would love the metal, but, I mean, I'm more interested in the detail, even if mm-hmm. he is plastic. Right. Of them looking just, like, your your guy looks pretty awesome. I'm yeah, I like him. With you. Um, I'm not sure if I've just transformed him the whole way, but I assume I'm pretty close. I also particularly um, like that... This version of Swoop, both of our versions of Swoop here, they they kept the blue color scheme for his torso, which mm-hmm. was what he was in the cartoon. But the G1 toy was red like the rest of the Dinobots. Oh, okay. I can't so, remember. Yeah, and, and that's something that was pointed out in a, in a video I'd watched recently. But yeah, I, I, I like that they were like, yeah, well, he was blue in the cartoon. Let's make him blue. Yeah, they did a lot of um, color variations when they made the toys, and I'm not really sure why. I mean, it, it would make more sense to make them look like the cartoon. And that's another thing. Well, one thing I've learned was when they were doing the cartoon, the animators would often get early releases of the designs, and often they were based on the Diaclone release in Japan. Right. And then uh, by the time Hasbro took care of them, they're like, no, we got to... You know, for example, Swoop, they were like, we got to make them uniform like the rest of the Dinobots. We're going to make them red. But in Japan, he was blue. So the animators had made him blue and they never changed it. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think I pretty much transformed him. Okay. I think. Have a have a comparison there. So. Is mine a little yeah, you're taller? Yeah, way bigger. Wow. Um. So this I got on Amazon. similar. The complete group of uh the dinobots here it's a five-piece group Mm -hmm. like the cartoon and they form volcanicus this was a total of 83 dollars on amazon nice um so it's not official it's not 
It doesn't say Dinobots. It doesn't say Autobots. They don't have any Autobot logos on them. Right. Um, Although mine just has a stupid sticker. So what's right? Well, and that's another thing, right? Conceivably, one could just buy the stickers and put them on the on the Dino troops. Um, But I'm really happy with it. I think for eighty three dollars to get a combiner and to get all five of the Dinobots, for that matter, even if they didn't combine, it's still a pretty decent deal. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna default to yours. I mean, just for the fact that he this guy's bigger. Mm. Um it, it looks like very similar. I mean, if you can wanna compare it to mm-hmm. uh it looks kind of identical in a lot of ways, except yours is bigger. It's interesting. Cause my assumption would be that they just ripped off the original molds and it just made their own, but this is this is I mean I can't imagine them scaling up the the same mold. And even if you take a good look at their faces, it doesn't seem to be the exact same shape. Like, there, there's slight differences. Yeah, there are. If you look at the face. There's a lot more detail in the face than yours. Mm. Um. So, if you're looking on Amazon or eBay, for that matter, and you see... Dino Troops alloy version or Volcanicus alloy version, and you put in the letters KO, knockoff, mm-hmm. um, you might see uh, what I've got here. Um, and uh, you were familiar with the the seller, right? Mm-hmm. What, what, what did they call them from China? Oh, was it the Wang Jiang? Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it was. Right. What, what is it called? Wang? I, I don't know how to pronounce it. It was like W-E-I-J-I-A-N-G. That I sounds think right. I how you pronounce or yeah. spell it. I, I don't know how to pronounce yeah. it. Yeah, and I think there might have been a couple of other knockoffs that I purchased up there. Bumblebee, um, Hot Rod, and maybe even Sideswipe. I think all three of them mm-hmm. are knockoff versions of the masterpieces. Okay. Can you, do you mind grabbing Grimlock real quick? Oh, yeah, sure. I just wanted to compare, see how he, because he was the biggest one. I don't know. I'm going to, I like yours better. And since mine are still in the box, I might have to just sell them and buy yours, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, no, this is hard to compare, obviously, because he's in the, uh, and then the different modes. modes but, um, and I think him too, like if you tap his feet, mm-hmm. is his feet the ones that have the metal? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what it is? No, mm-hmm. on his back. There's like this tail that that waist piece. I think that that part, yeah, right. I think that part is the only metal part of him. And again, you would expect any Transformers built today to be 100% plastic, if not for a couple of pins. But um, they did make an effort to make at least one or two parts diecast metal, kind of like the G1 run, right. I mean, it looks like he even comes with the same, you know, accessories. It's got, like, the little feet here, and you have them mm-hmm. on the side over here and everything like that. Yeah, so. and those are necessary to make Volcanicus. Have you made Volcanicus? I have here? not yet. Okay. Um, I have not dared to. It didn't come with instructions to make Volcanicus, so I'm going to have to look online yeah, I'm sure on how too, to do yeah. it. Uh, but they did have instructions on how to transform them from dinosaur to robot and back. Um, But, uh, yeah, if you're... If you're uh, if you're a fan of the Dinobots, and you wanted them to finally be on equal footing with the Constructicons, I think this is the way to go. Yes, because we know the Constructicons never really had a true uh, Gestalt enemy. It was just really the Dinobots because that's they were all released around the same time. Yep. Yeah, it looks like your your robots are bigger. Hmm. Um, 
little bit more detail. I don't. I, I'm. I'm. I'm surprised to see such a well-made version of the knockoff. I mean, if you're true, because I spent. Um, I think I want to say about a hundred and sixty dollars. Okay. Uh, for all of them combined, or one hundred seventy dollars. Yeah, it mm-hmm. sounds about right for all five of these of the actual true power of the primes. Now they're mint and sealed box. Sure. And they came out and. Um, these are clearly Japanese issue because they have the Japanese writing on them. Oh, wow. Um, I want to say they came out in, what, the mid-2000s or maybe late 2000, like 2009? I don't know. Oh, really? They're that old? I, I think, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure they're at least 10 years old. Okay. Um, if not older than that when the series came out. But So you could probably wind up, a, wind, up, wind up ahead if you sold those. I bet they've appreciated in the last decade. Maybe I mean I just bought them from from the guy. What I bought these at the Transformerland, and uh, mm. oh, okay. when was I there in November? Oh, okay. So I, you know, I don't know. I mean, if I got my money back for them, that'd be cool. But right. either way, um, I definitely think I might sell them and just go with the knockoffs. I don't have any problem with knockoffs. I, yeah, I really yeah. I've I've had good experiences actually. Um, you know, I think the only the only downside to knockoff purchasing online is if you don't receive the item. Yeah. Um, right. And in which case, if you go through a reputable site like Amazon or eBay, they always guarantee your purchase. Mm-hmm. So you will get your money back if you don't receive your items. So right. it seemed to be low risk for me. Um, and then, you know, I look at the reviews, see what people think mm-hmm. of the toys. And for the most part, people were uh, happy. But I saw some of the comments saying, go with the alloy version. Like, I think someone purchased a non-alloy version, and they, they thought it was pretty chintzy. I don't know what the alloy means. I guess that means it has some metal to it, I'm assuming? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think if it's not alloy, you might not have any of these metal parts. In but them. I mean, and, man. And maybe, it's, maybe it's this version. Maybe it's the, the ones that you got, and they're based off of those molds, and it that is a smaller yeah. uh, characters. I don't know. Uh, this is fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm very impressed with the swoop character. He looks great in robot form. He's nice and big. Yeah, and um, and again, all of them very true to their uh animation mm-hmm. uh versions. And what I found really surprising was how close their transformations were to their G1 toys. Mm-hmm. Like I was transforming, I don't know, Sludge or whatever, and. I was like, I remember transforming this pretty much the same way. Oh, you had the Dinobots when you were little? Uh, I didn't or have... Or did? Yeah, friend had Sludge, mm-hmm. and I remember transforming him. And maybe even... No, Grimlock was a bit different, but like for the most part, most of these guys, Slag and whatnot, they, um, they transform pretty much the same. Nice. Very slight differences in some of them, but for the most part, if, if you had the original, y- you know what you're doing here. Right. Actually, I've got a world's smallest transformer up there of Grimlock... And he transforms like the original G1, just on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's there's, there's a difference. Th- that tail is much more complicated because he's got to be the gestalt mm-hmm. torso. Yeah, so that's the thing. So let me know when you put him together as Volcanicus. Okay. Because I've read a lot of reviews online that say Volcanicus in his uh, form doesn't look really good good oh okay and then i i've read things and i'm not sure what they are but they're upgrade kits mm. i don't know what the upgrade kit is but you google upgrade kits and there's like extra pieces that you can buy to make them a little bit more buff looking i guess to okay. say um on a lot of these um 
you know, like uh, Combiner Wars or, or whatever um, versions that you're buying, there were some that were, like, lacking. I know most of them come out and they look pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. I have the Devastator Combiner Wars, which looks great. Right. But, um, you know, I, I I don't know if they've done so well with, like, Menasaur. Menasaur, I have the original Menasaur, mm-hmm. the Stunticons, and, yeah. and he's very boxy looking. Okay. And looks just terrible in gestalt form compared to the... Other ones where mm-hmm. like Devastator's like very kind of broad, right? It's brooding, and Menasaur's yeah. very like has his elbows in like this and has like a sword, and he's like, Yeah, you know, I hear you. Looks no offense, but looks a little too Japanese for me, okay? <laughs> you know, I want to I know look- that the and there's a that's actually not even a knockoff, but it's well, it is a knockoff that's that's not the original Superion, mm-hmm. um, so I got that. I, I literally bought the Superion. So that I could get the fists for a G1 um, Metroplex that our friend Jeremy had in his warehouse. And he was missing his fists. And warehouse. I found out. Yeah. He's got a warehouse. He's got a warehouse. He's, well, of just old junk. Wow. But he had a Metroplex lying around. I was like, uh, I'll take this off your hands. Yeah, yeah sure, whatever. Um, but anyway, the, I learned that the Gestalts, those five-part Gestalts, are compatible with Metroplex. Like, you can put... Aerial bots on Metroplex's shoulders. Oh, really? And his I didn't know. Fists that. Okay. are compatible and all okay. that. So I was like, I'll just buy him for the fists. I mean, like, because like if you buy Metroplex fists, they're almost the price of that freaking uh, just old Superion that oh, I got yeah, there. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. So anyway, that's that's a knockoff Superion. I got a for a fraction of what you would pay for an actual Superion. Um, uh, where was I going with the story? Um, no, but what I liked <laughs> about the the Aerial Bot Superion is that. They when they transform, particularly in Superion mode, like they have these tiny miniature jets on the front of the legs and the outside of the arms. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that that was a cool theming <coughs> to make it look like, oh look, he's he's plane uh, themed. Yes. And mm-hmm. did the uh, Stunicons do the same thing? They or no? did. Okay. They did. It's just uh, Motormaster, who was the middle of him, mm-hmm. he just transformed too rectangularly. Okay. And, and and the little shield that was... They took... Motormaster came with, uh, like for lack of a better term, a roller. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a little black car, and I guess they wanted him to be kind of like Optimus Prime, so you could like right. duel them, and they had dual rollers, although roller was a lot bigger sure and and rolled very well and this was like a little kind of small little matchbox car real mm-hmm. tiny thing and you took the roller and you put him on his chest okay so instead of like a lot of these having like these big chests or these big like shield pieces mm-hmm. he had this stupid little car on his chest okay and, it like, and they had a sword for him and i'm like ah. they had a gun but they also had a sword i'm like i was sword I, <laughs> eh. right yeah okay the Stunticons were great. I love the Stunticons just because they were car Decepticons, mm-hmm. but Menasaur was not. Uh, I'm going to get the Combiner Wars one. Maybe that's better. I haven't reviewed that yet, but okay. um, yeah. So those are cool purchases, mm-hmm. man. I've uh, I, I I just in reviewing these, I would I would definitely go with your version of them okay. instead of the Power of the Primes for one cheaper mm-hmm. and for two bigger. Yeah, and I think bigger is better as long as it's true <laughs> to the character. Mm-hmm. Um, what what I dislike so much about what's going on with with Transformers is that there I have not found unless anybody knows one, please email me or email the show and let me know uh, a complete website on really every version of 
every toy that's been made or something like that. So they have this thing, Transformers Wiki. It's like Wikipedia for Transformers, mm-hmm. tfwiki.com. And you can Google toys, and it shows you a lot of versions of each character. You type in the character, and that's the most complete I've found, but they don't have everything because mm-hmm. I have toys that are not on there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, where did this come from or where did that come from? Um, so, and, and, you know, the ones I, I have are, like, in a box, and they say Hasbro on them, so I know they're officially licensed and are not knockoffs unless somebody's knocking off the Hasbro name and I don't know about mm-hmm. But I I just want to get the best versions of the character. I don't care if it's G1. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, hardcore G1. I got to have G1. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, like, for my money, I bought a G1 Astro Train. I never had one before uh, that was a reissue. It came out, like, a year or two ago. It's white and purple and gray yeah. and whatever. So I have it in the box. I'm sitting there. And then I bought the Siege or Earthrise one. Mm-hmm. They, they made both Siege and Earthrise, and they're the exact same, whatever. Right. They did it for Prime 2. Um I've taken. I see you still have them in the box. I've taken mm-hmm. them out of the box and I've played with them. Fantastic toy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the detail looks like the show. Uh, the little he comes with like a second car. Yeah, I think that's uh, clever. Uh, uh, and that also transforms into a launch pad for right. the shuttle. Yeah, uh, which is great. Um, it, it's a great toy to play with. It's a great toy to transform. And you know, I, I'd be happy keeping the other one in the box because this one looks more like and it's big. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm waiting for, uh, I have an original Blitzwing, which I love that toy. It was a great G1 yeah. toy, but I want a Blitzwing. I don't know why yes. they got to release a Blitzwing like this too. So. Yeah. The original Blitzwing I had no issue with, but the original uh, Astro Train, it was kind of like, you've got a train engine, but no caboose, no car. Right. What is a train without any sort of cargo? And then they, they found a way to not only have a car, but like it's got to transform as well, and making mm-hmm. him a, a, a launching platform. I was like, that is mm-hmm. brilliant. Well done, mm-hmm. uh, Hasbro, for that, that design. And then again, look at him in robot mode. He looks like he was pulled right out of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people like us, we grew up with the cartoon, and that's a lot of our love affair with the Transformers came from our love affair from the characters that we were introduced to in the cartoon. So. If you're if you're projecting their voice and their their attitude onto the toy, you know, I, I kind of recommend the current run of Transformers. I think they're very well representative for the characters that we fell in love with as children. Yeah. Yeah. It's an exciting time to be part of the Transformers world. With all these toys come out. Mm-hmm. I, I never thought I'd see a day of where it was just all returned. Um, so speaking of the, the cartoon Earthrise, they just yes. wrapped up season two. Yes. Or whatever it's called. Whatever it's called. It the second names. six episodes. Yes. yes. Um, but yes, yeah, so it was War for Cybertron and now Earthrise. Is that the uh, name of the seasons? Well, it was War for Cyber. It's all War for Cybertron. Okay. So it's Siege was the first six okay. episodes. Then it's Earthrise. Okay. And then Kingdom will be the last Got six, it. which I believe comes out in the summer, maybe May. Mm-hmm. I read something like that. I think mm-hmm. May 30th, something like that. Right. So, so it's cool every six months. one, Siege, was more about the factions the Decepticons and Autobots their differences in ideology um, how they should handle going forward with Cybertron's future and a lot more detail as to why you have opposition whereas in the original G1 cartoon it was basically the Decepticons were greedy and warlike and the Autobots were peaceful and looking for a a scientific solution right Um, but uh, in the show we're currently seeing on Netflix way more detail Way more a description of the the history and mm-hmm. the attitudes towards each other, and now we're into season two with Earthrise, 
where now we're out in space and there's this portal, a space bridge, as they're calling it, mm-hmm. that they found an old abandoned uh, Cybertronian station, space station, mm-hmm. and they're kind of going through that and making discoveries there. Right. And you've got a Quinnison involved, and you've also got an introduction late in the season of Scorponok. Mm-hmm. And Scorponok is occupying that. They all seem to have no clue who Sor- Scorponok is, why he's there. Uh, but he's trying to, I guess, defend the space station. And Yeah, he was defending the space station. He was uh, mad at the Quintessons for, I guess, selling him out. And, mm. you know, they referenced going over to Nebulos, which I believe was the planet that they went to. They found all the Headmasters and Transformers in Rebirth. Yeah. So they, they kept all that continuity in there. I mean, they don't explain Scorponok. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's not a Headmaster. They didn't go all out. He just right. transformed a robot, but they made him big and brooding and... There's a lot of, obviously, throwbacks and homages to the G1 stuff, which is great and fantastic, and obviously they're throwing... But then the plot is just very... It, it, it's entertaining to watch, mm-hmm. but, I mean, I, I wanted to catch up for the podcast, so I watched uh, the last three episodes yesterday, and my mind was, was getting blown. Like, what is going on over here? Mm-hmm. Uh, so episode five specifically, somehow they end up in some area of space called the Dead Universe. Mm-hmm. They introduce Skylinks. Right. He comes back into this thing, and he's like, you know, kind of a pain in the butt. They have mm-hmm. Alpha Trion, something that happened way before. Right. Skylinks wants the Matrix to be a leader, and Alpha Trion banishes him with some staff to the Dead Universe. Mm-hmm. But then they conveniently make the Autobots go to the dead universe and then the Decepticons too. And, and now you have Galvatron talking to Megatron and fighting Megatron and what is going on over here? You know, I mean, I I try to pick up on as much as I can, I guess like the, the continuity person in me wants when originally came out, wanted to accept this show as like, this happened before the G one series. Mm hmm. And then as things go on, things sort of didn't make sense and didn't line up with the continuity of G1. Mm-hmm. But then I was kind of like, ah, I could forgive this little detail. I could forgive that little detail. Maybe they're doing it. And then it seemed to like deviate too much and be like, all right, well, I'm going to accept this as a different telling of the story. Right. Then in season two, especially that episode five, Galvatron is in it and he goes, you don't know what the future holds. And they show these images. They show Prime gray dead lying on a table Mm -hmm. referencing what happens in the movie Mm -hmm. and they even briefly show unicron controlling galvatron yes and and as as if like this was like a little scene that happened in the movie that you didn't see (laughs) Mm -hmm. and galvatron is trying to like not have the same fate you know to end up in that in that way. And it, it was weird too. Cause he's, he's never once introduces Galvatron. They don't even say his name. Mm, that is interesting. And I, I watched it with the, with the captions on because the captions add a little bit of detail about the characters and whatever. Mm-hmm. So it says Galvatron on there on the captions, but right. they never said his name mm-hmm. and they never say Unicrons. So if you're new to the transformers and you're watching this, mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on. You don't know who the big planet thing is. I mean, right. So you really got to kind of know the backstory of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I mean, I hope Kingdom wraps it up all together and puts all the details in. I don't know. What were your thoughts on that? Um, So and I kind of warned you about this before this okay. whole thing started, which was what 
there were all there will always be promises of this is going to be in your era and stuff and it's going to be in your continuity but they never strictly adhere to continuity because all writers want to put their own spin on things but i'm actually impressed with how closely they're they are coming to continuity right uh, but from the beginning i accepted this is not bound by what we've seen in the original cartoon by the way as you know the original cartoon wasn't bound to the original cartoon's continuity like they were always contradicting themselves with you know when did the constructicons appear who made megatron did megatron make yeah. the constructicons all that stuff and that's true it ultimately came down to they never had a bible of we're going to do this, then that, and then this. They were just making it up as they went along. Right. And then when they tried to create history and continuity, that's when they started falling into, oh, whoops, we contradicted this. You know, was Omega Supreme friends with the Constructicons? Blah, blah, blah. What, what, you know, the Great War for Cybertron. They did make an attempt to make a continuity, but what I love was from the beginning of this cartoon, they were like, okay, let's pull from all that. And we know where we've been. We know where we're going. Now we'll create a story around that. We will have a Bible that has our continuity and it'll we will pay homage to stuff we've established in that cartoon. Mm -hmm. But it's homage. It doesn't have to have strict adherence mm -hmm. to it. So when you see Prime on the slab, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's when they attacked Autobot City and right. Megatron got sure. a drop on him and it was all Hot Rod's fault. But a situation like that could happen in this continuity's future, it's just not going to strictly adhere to, mm -hmm. oh, but Daniel wasn't with Hot Rod. That's different than what I saw in the movie and all that stuff. So I, I can see a lot of stuff being similar to what we're familiar with, but them deviating for the sake of cohesive continuity and referring to stuff that's established in this continuity and this storyline that we're following. Because first of all, it has to make sense to someone who hasn't seen the original 1986 movie or right. seeing the original G one run um, in, in 84. So I, I'm very much appreciative of the current continuity that we're seeing in this Netflix show. And you were wondering about the golden disc that was introduced in one of these uh, episodes. Yes. Right before Galvatron was sucked back into the regular universe by Unicron. He tried to throw some golden disc to Megatron, but then it disappeared. I'm okay. like, what is that? So in Beast Wars, um, and in the first episode, the T-Rex Megatron arrives on this alien planet with uh, Dinobot, mm -hmm. a, another actual villain. He was a mm -hmm. Predacon. And then in the second episode or so, he switches allegiances. Mm -hmm. Dinobot becomes a member of the Maximals, and he fights for good. He's a Velociraptor. Okay. Um. So Dinobot analyzing the golden disc in his hands is like, oh, you you idiot. This is this is an Earth at all. This is the wrong planet. And Megatron's like, who cares? There's Energon here. We can take advantage. Well, it turned out that they were on Earth. That was prehistoric Earth. It was before any of recorded history was describing it. And the Earth had been changed by an alien presence, the Vox mm -hmm. and, or the Vok. And it looked like there were two moons. The, the second moon was fake. It was the Vox made the space station that was floating above the Earth. And it was seeded with Energon. There was way too much Energon hmm. all over this planet. And so what they did was they developed their beast modes, which had a flesh overlay, and it would 
convert energon radiation to be able to be absorbed by them. Because if they were in robot mode for too long, they would get what's called energon buildup, and they would have to go into a, a, an R chamber, or they would have to transform into beast mode, and then they would recover. So that was the, the plot of Beast Wars. The reason they came up okay. with beast modes was for survival on this hostile planet. Um, so the golden disc was actually the golden disc that was attached to the Voyager space probe. That was meant to be... Okay. Um, if, if it would ever encounter intelligent life, this golden disc... And there is a, vo- a golden disc mm-hmm. on the Voyager space probe. And it's gold because it's resistant to oxidation, mm-hmm. etc. And... It's got all these symbols on it that an alien presence is supposed to catch and determine, okay, this is where the Earth is, mm-hmm. and here's some information about Earth. If you open up the disc, it's got a, uh, or actually, if you flip it over, I think, it's got a vinyl, uh, not vinyl, it's got a, it's gold, but it's got grooves on it like mm-hmm. a vinyl record, mm-hmm. and you can play it on a record. It's actually got a stylus on there that you can play it with. I don't know. Long story short, it's got recordings of Earth, but the... Decepticons, uh, Megatron, our Megatron, had recovered the golden disc from the Voyager space probe and realized that since there's technology developed for time travel, that someone using that golden disc could travel back in time to Earth and find out all this information about the Earth. And that's Mm. the plot of Beast Wars as it evolved into. Okay. So the golden disc in this story, I feel, is probably information about the future. Mm Mm-hmm. And then if you send it back in time, it gives the possessor this vast knowledge of their Mm -hmm. future. So that's what I think Galvatron's golden disc given to Megatron. Whereas in Beast Wars, G1 Megatron was giving it to Beast Wars Megatron. Oh, G1 Megatron was in Beast Wars? Yeah, there was an image, uh, a holographic message actually imprinted onto the golden disc by Megatron when he captured it. And he recorded a message for someone who captured it and it's of G1 Megatron telling, you know, you could use this for, for power. It's gray sports almanac. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Wow. (laughs) That sounds like I got to watch beast wars. I was never into beast wars. It particularly gets good in season two. Okay. In season one, it's kind of questionable and it's a daily show. So there's a lot more episodes Mm -hmm. in season one than two and three, Mm -hmm. but season two is where it really starts to pick up and they really start making an effort to tie it in with G1. Season one, there's a couple of nods to G1 because they do mention Unicron and they do mention Starscream. Starscream's ghost actually possesses one of the characters in, oh, a, wow. in a season one episode. Yeah, but it's supposed to be back in time. Which yes. Is weird. So they say that because he's um, a ghost, he can transcend time. I see. <laughs> well, then he should be able to warn his younger self about what's going to happen. That's true, right? And that was another thing about the show. I mean, it's full of just Easter eggs or nods with uh, lines. Um, I, I can't remember. Something ha- Starscream thought Megatron was dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's even a far uh, 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 a part where um, uh, there was a battle between Prime and Megatron, and then there's an explosion, and Megatron's got like a rod sticking out of him, and and he's like dying and prime like tries to help him mm-hmm. and he like pulls it out. He's like, this is going to hurt, which is weird to me because they're robots, but mm-hmm. whatever. And then like liquid starts pouring out of him and all this stuff. And then, uh, Starscream thinks Megatron is dead. And then he sort of tries to take over on the Decepticons mm-hmm. and, and then Megatron comes back 
and and he says and he's a lot more stronger than he was at the in, in the part of the movie but he says to Starscream I still function mm, right you know that's right. and he says the same thing and and it was it was, it was pretty cool and mm-hmm. then um you know Starscream stands up and makes his speech and said I should be the leader of Decepticons because this this and this mm-hmm. and he goes Megatron what do you think and Megatron just blasts him <laughs> you, you remember and and yeah. and he's like he's like that's all I gotta say I'm like whoa that was mm-hmm. that was cool mm-hmm. so it was it was similar but um. Yeah, I'm not even sure. It almost seemed to me that possibly the Galvatron was from the Gal was the Galvatron from our G1 continuity. Mm-hmm. And okay. um, what we're seeing right now in the trans new Transformer show is almost like the Kelvin universe in Star Trek. Oh. It's it's just it's like they all started at the same point, and then at some point there was a break. Right. And so Galvatron is from our universe, mm-hmm. and he didn't like how stuff went down. Right. And so they're showing images of stuff that we know from our G1 continuity and mm-hmm. wants Megatron to change it, and we're already kind of deviating from the path to get-go. Hmm. But, you know, there could be some overarching fate where either way you slice it, they have to get to Earth. And in our continuity, we saw how they got to Earth in More Than Meets the Eye Part 1 in the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. In this, it took 12 episodes to get to Earth. And maybe there's more of a buildup, but either way, they get to Earth. I mean, you never know. I mean, they could really, they could end the show where it all ties together. They could end the show where you got to get to Earth anyway, and maybe mm-hmm. Spike and Sparkplug are in the last episode, which would wow. be cool. You know, you never know. Yeah. Um, I- I'm excited. I'm not so into the whole Beast Wars stuff, but uh, like I said, it might be worthwhile to revisit that too because I'm sure they'll be doing. I know they've been re- releasing some animal toys, so obviously. The toys are going to tie into the new show. Yes, for Kingdom. in fact, uh, right next to Astro Train, there there is a character, a Black Widow spider. Her name is Black Arachnia. I remember that. Yeah. And um, they had never, well, they had made a repaint of another character, Tarantulas, in the original Beast Wars run. It's very humanoid looking. It is, and that's the thing. They didn't do a great job in the original run of making her look anything like the cartoon this is almost identical to the cgi model they created in the cartoon um they did such a fantastic job with this new war for cybertron and black arachne i was like i i gotta have this this looks awesome cobra kai Cobra Kai, yes. Cobra Kai just wrapped up its third season? Third season. I finished that up. So, Daniel, I I know highlights of the the season. Daniel had uh, one and a half episodes where he's in Okinawa, Mm -hmm. Japan, and he gets reunited with his love interest from Karate Mm -hmm. Kid Part Mm 2 and reunited with his enemy from Karate Kid Part 2. And uh, they, they seem to have a little bit of an exchange and... Daniel learns some important lessons. Mm-hmm. He does. He does. That was uh, that was very cool. I enjoyed the chosen episode um, where they were fighting and they were learning things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the plot was a little too convenient. Like, oh, we're just going to ride him over there because he needs help with his car business. And in the last five minutes, they have the girl that he saved in the typhoon all of a sudden was like, oh, yeah, I can save your business. Mm-hmm. Eh, weak. Weak yeah. sauce. Yeah, I hear you. But... Um, what was great about the chosen scene was that it all came together in that last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really cool. That that last episode. I mean, I'm just we're just obviously you have to give spoilers, but mm-hmm. um, 
I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah. That that was like, I mean, it was it was crazy because the big fight at the house and all the stuff going on. And then you're like, oh, that was a pretty good episode. And then the last ten minutes when they're fighting with Crease, and then they're flashing oh, right. back to Vietnam, and Crease yeah. is fighting for the death with the snakes and all yeah, that other stuff. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Insane. So I that the season finale episode three by far the best episode of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, Allie coming back was cool. Very, right. very neat to see going to golf and stuff. And with Johnny, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like you want to root for Johnny. You feel like Johnny's really the main character. Sure. Of the show. Um, he is ultimately the protagonist of the show. Um, however, I think that it is too much of a detriment to Daniel's character in order to prop him up sometimes. Like, I think they really write Daniel's character as completely forgetting he ever went through Karate Kids 1 through 3. Mm-hmm. He doesn't remember any of the lessons he learned from Miyagi. Right. And he's just constantly living like this 12-year-old who just doesn't remember how to control your emotions, how to treat people, you know, all this stuff. He just, like, throws that all out the window. He's just very impulsive, and he's mm-hmm. very helpless. And I'm like, at some point, he's got to remember Miyagi's lessons. He's got to have a backbone. He's got to remember how to mentor his children like he's barely even a good father half the time this is true but i think that is kind of part of his character flaw i think that's his character i think without miyagi there to guide him there's a piece missing on him and this and he just reverts back to the ways so i i I think that's his character's nature because that's kind of how he was you know, in the beginning of Karate Kid, just kind of impulsive and want to do things, you know, vis-a-vis the the dance and he, you know, puts the hose in the bathroom when they're smoking pot and, and like, he's stirring the pot. Like, mm-hmm. these people are kicking your ass every right. day and now you want to rile them up and then, right. like, he even makes, like, this weak thing to, like, defend it in Cobra Kai in season three. I think they were all uh, at dinner at the country club mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, I did this. And they're like, well, why were you instigated? Well, you don't understand. And I'm like, you know, and it wasn't really until that Miyagi sat down and, and gave him the lessons that he started to try to learn things. but. Right. Periodically, I think through the show is that you kept seeing these elements of him mm-hmm. uh, or through the movies. Um, every time he would stray off the course, mm-hmm. he would he would just kind of stray off and do what he wanted to do and be arrogant. He would go off in Karate Kid Part 2 with Kumiko and then start to... Uh, th- there was a scene in Karate Kid Part 2 with Chosen where Chosen was trying to like cheat somebody with a weight of like fruit or something like that. And he kind of stirred the pot with that. And then, you know, he said Miyagi finds out what's going on and Miyagi has to bring him back in. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think that's Daniel's character is that Miyagi was the one reeling him back in and reeling him back in and reeling him back in. Mm-hmm. And now Miyagi's gone and he still has some of that to reel back in, but he's still the Daniel, the impulsive, you know, I don't know. I, I think that's his character. It can't yeah. be all. But I think that's know. that's the problem that I'm having is if you don't have a Miyagi character to reel him back in, then he's constantly spinning his wheels mm-hmm. and he's never really coming into his own or or whatever. It's like stuff happened before this series started. Like he he fell in love. Right. He raised two children. He started a business that's very successful. Like he must have grown as a person to get to this point. And like where is his I mean like sometimes his wife is his foundation. Mm-hmm. But for the most part it doesn't seem like like I just see him making all these mistakes in the course of the series. 
where there were Miyagi lessons that were taught to him. That I mean, they could easily just throw up the flashback where Miyagi mm-hmm. says, never keep woman waiting, mm-hmm. Danielson. All these things. It's like, yeah, dude, you've got to. I mean, at the very least for the viewer who's a fan of Pat Morita and his work, like throw those things up there and he's got to remember these lessons. Remember all these lessons he's learned between Karate Kids one, two, three, and that way you can you can reel Daniel back in and make him like grow uh, as the series progresses. Because I don't see him growing most of the time, even with Chosen. And I think it would be great if Chosen could be a recurring character and right. reel him back in, but he's not going to be. Right. You've got to rely on this old footage you have of Pat Morita so that we can be like, oh yeah, remember the teachings. You've got to remember your teachings. I'm hopeful. I, I see what you're saying, but I think that's who Daniel is. And I'm hopeful actually that you were talking about the ground, the foundation and mm-hmm. the way to move forward is that Daniel's never been able to move forward. He's never been able to recover from Miyagi's death. Mm-hmm. It's still, it's, it's a hole in him. Yeah. And he's still reverting back to the old ways. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel, and I hope this is the way the direction the writers take is that now that Johnny and Daniel are, completely teamed up against the common enemy mm-hmm. like they saw in the very last scene of the the episode mm-hmm. this will be daniel's foundation mm-hmm. you know because we've seen him try to reincorporate miyagi though and he's trying to do it with robbie and he failed you know so i think this whole series is he's he's looking for another way of his foundation that's daniel's character arc mm-hmm. and then i'm hoping that he gets there at some point yeah but he's still lost mm-hmm. and he's lost Specifically, because Miyagi's gone, even you know, in the scene in season one or two when he goes and visits Miyagi's grave, mm-hmm. you could tell that he was still lost. Yeah. So I'm hoping that the foundation that he needs, he has a little bit with his wife, like you were saying, mm-hmm. and a little bit with Samantha, maybe. But you know that he finds that maybe teaming up with his former enemy in Johnny Lawrence and finds a new, new common ground to mm-hmm. go ahead and move forward and build on. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see how it develops. I mean, I. I agree. I hope that this team up with Johnny can be that foundation for him. I just foresee it just after the first episode, they just want to tear it apart. And then going back to the way it was in the previous seasons. And uh, that's what the ultimate frustration for me has been, because I think Johnny could learn from the teachings of Miyagi. If Daniel could freaking remember the teachings of Miyagi, like he'd be able to teach him. Right. Some ways to. To be at peace with himself. And meanwhile, how can he teach him that if he doesn't remember it himself? Well, I hope it just wasn't just fluff dialogue that they were sitting there. But Ali says, uh, you know, you guys are more alike than you want to realize. Right. And so maybe that's where that they need to come together and be take the good qualities from either side of them mm-hmm. and put something together. And, and I that was the message that I kind of got by the end of the episode is that that's what they were trying to do. They were coming together because of Crease, but they also had to come together because Ali kind of said they need to work together for that. Right. Um, you know, I'm hoping I'm not reading too far into it and mm-hmm. it's not just like some fluff that they just threw together just for fan service. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, either way, I mean, you know, obviously we're going to bring back Terry Silver. Yeah. Um, clearly. And, uh, that maybe Mike Barnes too, who knows? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure they've been contacted. They keep bringing all these people out of the woodworks. Right. I mean, that's, that's really only the last tie in that you can have there unless you bring out that stupid girl from part three who was kind of pointless, <laughs> whatever her name was. That wasn't even a girlfriend. She was dating somebody else. Uh-huh. It was weird. I, I don't know. Whatever. Um, I mean, I don't want him to go too far. I don't think you need to start bringing Hillary Swank back into this because mm-hmm. she has no tie into anything. But right. 
I, I couldn't even finish that. I, I watched like half an hour of the movie and I turned it mm, off. I couldn't even. The next Karate Kid. Yeah, it was, it was not good. I, I watched it. Um, it was weird because it, it felt to me like a man's interpretation of what a woman wants. So like she's got these two kind of love interests that are both like these bulky buff dudes Mm-hmm. And also drive muscle cars, but are sensitive. And oh, by the way, she takes care of animals because girls like animals. <sighs> and like she's feeding whatever. some hawk. Uh, it's it's <laughs> yeah, right. whatever. Yeah. Right, right, right. Have you seen two? Um, just one last thing with the uh, Transformers is. Uh, they have this new line coming out of the studio series for the 86 movie. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, so they're reissuing a bunch of uh, toys. They have uh, a Rodimus. Well, they call him Hot Rod. Um, he transforms into a car, not a tr- truck. Um, they have a cup. They have a blur. They have Scourge, Cyclonus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says Studio Series 86 has a little Transformers the Movie logo on it. Okay. And they come with a lot of accessories, and they look a lot like the characters. There's a Grimlock and Wheelie combined. But isn't there a War for Cybertron Cyclonus that just came out? Or I think so. So is, this is different from This that. is different, yeah. Really? Huh. Okay. So... Um, my wife was at the store the other day, got me Scourge and Hot Rod, and I was, I found a really cool review site that had the things, and, because I have a G1 Hot Rod, mm-hmm. and I was looking, this guy's pretty cool, he comes with a Matrix, mm-hmm. and what's really cool is that the toys also come with, like, a background, right. so the Hot Rod's background is, um, him on Unicron when he holds the Matrix up, mm-hmm. so you could actually reenact him holding the Matrix above him okay. with the background, which looks kind of cool. Cool. So those are cool toys that are out now too, and I heard they're reissuing like the Headmasters too, and I heard mm. those are circling around too. So a lot okay. of exciting Transformer news. I just wanted Ooh. to add to that too. Sounds good. Yeah. Star Trek Picard, mm-hmm. season one, meh. We don't know about season two. I know they've had some production delays because so of COVID. So you finished season one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I finished season one. Um, I saw an interview. I heard an interview with Patrick Stewart. I don't know if I had to discuss this with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were talking about, like, oh, okay, well, you're doing, you know, Star Trek Picard. Like, how, you know, you got all started and everything. And you, how are you getting ready for the role? Like, did you have to go back and watch episodes? And he's like, oh, uh, so he said this thing is like I I wanted to go back when I said we were gonna do Star Trek Picard and I was gonna watch as many episodes of Next Generation that I could from the beginning so I could relearn the character, and he goes I didn't watch a one because I realized that I am Picard, mm-hmm. and then Picard was me, and I'm like, then I watch you know after reviewing the season I'm like yeah Patrick you should have watched yeah. the show <laughs> yeah I think that's true <laughs> that was a bad move mm-hmm. um because it's really not you no I mean if that was you you're not Picard that no. wasn't Picard no I, I I don't know yeah so that was a fail and then I read this other article that said um you know they talked about I guess uh Frakes and Sirtis being in season two and Guinan mm-hmm. and all this other stuff but mm-hmm. then they said the Marina Service Sirtis was moving back to um, England, England. Yes. Yeah, you heard that too. So. I heard that on one of the uh, Galaxy. Yeah, it's the Galaxy Con. Panels. That's where I heard that too. Yeah, yeah. So because she doesn't have to quote audition when she's in England, she's moving back there. Whereas in America, she's got to basically fight for any role that she's looking to get. Right. So. So we'll we'll see. That was honestly my only legit 
enjoyed episode of Picard was that one yes. with with those. I agree with uh, Riker and and Troy, and I was like, this now you're talking more of this, and it was kind of not much to do with the rest of the series. It was just we'll we'll do some character development, we'll revisit our past. Um, but I'm like, no, that's kind of what we fans wanted. It's called Picard. It's mm-hmm. fan service. We want to see a show that refers to Star Trek The Next Generation. And for the most part, it does not. Yeah. You know, it's and then like their interpretation of who Data is and what androids are and all that so stuff is was, like, was, this doesn't jibe with what no. we learned about the in, in Generation and Next Generation. So, I mean, will I watch season two? I'll get around to it at some yeah. point, maybe. But I, I just, I don't know. It's really got to hook me or it's really going to. I think that's fair. Did you finish season one of Discovery? I have not finished season one. Okay. I want to get on that. I'm about 10 episodes in. I think season one of Discovery is better than season one of Picard. I think. Yes, part, it is so far. In part because, like we were saying, it's like it's not so tied. It's not so tied to continuity. Like you're not dealing with characters that you already know. For right. example, Picard, you know what Picard's supposed to do and his history, etc. These are new characters and they're within Star Trek continuity. But still, I, I think they're. The story overall, I, I enjoyed more from uh, Discovery, and I've seen two seasons of Discovery. So mm-hmm. let me know when you finish season one. We'll we'll talk. I about heard it. season two is amazing. I heard season three gets even better. So okay. I'm still I'm haven't try- seen any of season three. I'm trying to get caught up uh, to that, but I'm I'm glad I'm taking my time because I, I I hate to get to the end and then have to wait a year like I'm at with Cobra Kai. So mm-hmm. we'll see with that, but. Um, yeah, the other thing I want to bring up, it's been a long time since our podcast, so uh, the last thing I wanted to say is, um, you know, Christmas time or whatever, I, you know, like to sit and watch some movies, so I'm like trying to figure out this, that, and the other, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, let me put Gremlins on. Okay. You know, takes place during Christmas, mm-hmm. Christmas gift or whatever. So, watching the beginning of Gremlins, and Billy, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Just Billy. Billy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, the, the main, I can't remember the actor's name now. Okay. Um. So he's walking around and there's this town and it's all covered in snow. And I'm like, that looks like Hill Valley. Hmm. Right. Okay. I mean, it looks exactly like Hill Valley. So mm-hmm. I look it up. Yep. Same set. They just okay. put snow on it. I mean, I'm like, that's the road. That's where the clock tower is supposed to be. Okay. That's where the movie theater is. He's walking. I'm like, this is Hill Valley. Um, In the Universal Studios Hollywood backlot. Yeah, tour, they have that. It, I it's think. part of it. Right. And, and they mentioned that the, that is. That they've used that for multiple, multiple like, movies. I mean, Hill Valley, everyone, I think it's decorated just exactly like it was in Back to the Future. But, yeah, it's it's a multi-purpose uh, town square. Right. Yeah, so that's uh, that I thought was funny. Um, mm-hmm. And I read something, too. I haven't done more research about it. I think they're developing, I don't know if it's a TV series. I think it's a TV series, like a Gremlins prequel, which might be kind of cool, maybe about the origins of the Gremlins and stuff like that. So... And the last thing is up your alley with the whole voices. Um, I was watching the credits mm-hmm. and uh, Spike Frank Welker did mm-hmm. the voice of Stripe Stripe. That's right. And also Peter Cullen and Michael Winslow mm. did other voices of Gremlins. In the oh, movie. interesting. And and I think we all know was it Howie Mandel or something like that. I think the gizmo. He was gizmo. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought it was interesting. So. Welker did Stripe, Cullen and Winslow did the other voices, mm-hmm. and I was like, I've met all three of those people in person, and I'm right. like, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, I think I had told you real quick the story with Michael Winslow, that I met him. 
I was working. Uh, yes, you were working at uh, the auto dealership. I was working at the car dealership, and and um, he had come in for like a comedy show, and he got picked up by a limo, and the car dealership was not too far away from the airport, and the limo was having car trouble, and they needed to get it looked at, and it was a Ford something, so so they brought it in, and he was there. And I was like, oh, Michael Winslow's here. Cool. Like, I uh, would meet him. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, big fan, whatever. And he's like, all right, thanks. And and so, you know, I had to drop a stupid line. I'm like, something wrong with the car? He's like, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with it. I'm like, I bet it lost the bleeps, the sweeps, and the creeps. <laughs> and he kind of looked at me, and he kind of chuckled a little bit, but he probably wanted me to get the hell away from it. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was funny because I had to say the line. That's you know, got to be a reference to one of my movies. Which yeah. one was it? Uh, <laughs> Police oh. Academy 5, say three? that in Police Academy? <laughs> Spaceballs, you fool. <laughs> Did you know that in Spaceballs, mm-hmm. the man when they're when they say comb the desert, and there's yes. and then he says, "Man, we ain't found right, shit." Right, that's Tuvok. Yes, that's Tim Russ. Yeah, I that think, says that. I think you had already pointed uh, that out to me. Yes, Tim so, Russ. That's so funny how he's, it's all tied together. He's also and a Vulcan. Yes. All the space ball, not all the space balls, but a lot of the space balls toys. Mm-hmm. When he's like space balls, the flamethrower. Mm-hmm. When he does space balls, the coloring book. It's a Transformers coloring book. Right. Yeah. It has a picture of Optimus Prime in the front. They just put space balls over the word Transformers. So they revealed the character in Mandalorian, the quote-unquote Baby Yoda, the child, mm-hmm. that his actual name is now revealed to be Grogu. Okay. And I was like, well, now I'm just picturing Mel Blanks, Mel, Mel Brooks's character <laughs> uh, of Yogurt, uh-huh. and he's got a child named Gogurt. Yeah, that's great. Yes, that'd be funny. Mm-hmm. Well, we have to have Spaceballs too. The, the search of for more money, I think he called it. Yes. So, anyway, good stuff today, right. man. Thanks for having me again. All right. Thank you for listening to our ramblings about Transformers and various shows on streaming services. And if you want to hear more of this, please subscribe. You'll find us on iTunes and tell your friends. We'll talk to you next time.